0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is lesson 29 of Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Starting foals and young horses. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers Pet and Cavalor Feed. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about foals and young horses, getting them started, and the common kind of things we run into with the young horse. Right off the bat, we want to work on building some impulse control, but they're babies, so how do we teach them to stand still? And we're going to talk about some tools that we can do with that. Uh one of the things that people ask all the time is where do I find clickers or those neat side buckets or targets or or, or books or videos. So what you can do, you can go to my website which is www.on-target-training.com. On there there's a, a a tab you can hit for products and it'll take you to that. So you can purchase these things or look into these things if you are so inclined. For all of your other equine needs or canine needs or feline needs or bovine needs, you can go to Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Pet and equine has a whole bevy of things for not only your animals, your farm animals, your pets, but also for your rider and your barn. So let's learn a little bit more about Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet livestock and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffers-equine.com has you covered. All righty. Well, here we are. We're going to talk about starting the baby horse, starting the young horse, starting and and addressing a young horse. So sometimes there's baby things and then there's young things, but whenever whatever age you're getting started, they're basically clean slates. They're they're immature and they have The whole mentally immature, and they have the whole world ahead of them to learn. And I'm going to tell you, there's times that I've worked with horses that are 12 years old, and I think you are mentally immature, you know, that they're young. They haven't been through and learned some of the basic lessons that help them to be easier to handle and manage. So, we're going to talk about some things to help them with um, basically starting to establish a little impulse control. And what do we do with their behavior? When I first started working, with horses using positive reinforcement, you didn't have people bringing up babies with positive reinforcement. That wasn't a thing because it was just nobody was doing it. Period. It was a, a brand new concept twenty five years ago, and so what we uh, what I start seeing now is some horses that are raised with positive reinforcement. So it 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 introduces you to all different ball of wax. You will get the boldest, bravest. Horse, there is confident, but with that means we still need to establish some healthy boundaries. So it is, it's not just free for all, do whatever you want. That's quite dangerous. So, what we need to do is find a way that we can teach them this is okay, this is not okay, without needing to revert to any form of punishment. There's ways we can do this. Well, no form of positive punishment, we're not physically having to chase them, displace them. So I think it's really important that we discuss some ways to help establish those boundaries. So one of the first things you think of is a baby, what do we really want them to do? We want them to stand quietly so we can do stuff. That's really where it starts because we need to be preparing them for that part of their life. What's the hardest thing for a baby to do? to stand quietly and tolerate things like this. So it's a pretty big challenge right off the bat, but I will, and then there's another challenge and it is their playfulness because when I remember when I first started, when I went to John and Beezy's place and first started brand new with positive reinforcement. Now keep in mind, I'd already done 10 years with the marine mammals. So I understood about overexcitement and and all those things, but None of those animals had hooves. So when there was a horse there and he was six months old. And so what we do is we go out to work with him. I do. And he was good for something. And so I started to run and play and hooves started flying. And I realized I, with the marine mammals, could run and play. That was no big deal. But but this, I could die, you know? So I had to kind of, I thought, mental note, do not do this with these guys until he has some impulse control, because he had none at that point. So I realized that that is a really valuable reinforcer for him, though. It is, you you think about a baby, and babies are born with a, a... Pretty big play drive and it increases as they go because this is going to be how they learn how to fight for their place in the herd, how to take care of themselves, how to protect themselves. It is the play drive that teaches them these physical skills that they will need in a social situation later on in life. So it, it gets pretty strong, especially as they go into kind of their adolescence, it becomes pretty strong because it is there for a reason. It's there to serve a purpose. So it's a need for them. And it definitely is something that can be quite reinforcing. But as I said, it can also be quite dangerous. And I think a lot of times they don't know the difference between when to do it and when not to do it. So, and there's, and then a lot of people are like, well, I'll just smack them. (laughs) Well, there is one utilizing a punishment, positive punishment has repercussions and a lot of backlash that you can get that comes out in other ways. You may lose other behavior, but the other side of that is, and who wants to do that? That's not any way to be, uh, working with your animals. It can take away a lot of confidence and, and those are things we just don't want to do. And then we're focusing on the positive reinforcement. So the other side of that is though, the, uh, the, it can also be quite reinforcing for them. I cannot tell you how many times people have had particularly little, what were little cults and are now maybe geldings, but they'll have a really strong nipping behavior and it has nothing to do with food. So I, I suspect that a lot of times what happens is when we start separating them or we start bringing them in and they want to play and then they nip at us and we swing at them, even if we make contact the problem is we may actually be engaging in their sparring. It can actually be quite reinforcing. Because remember, if any behavior increases or then maintains in frequency, something's reinforcing it. The end, they're either getting something they want or avoiding something they don't want. So a lot of times when we engage with them, even though we think we're making contact, it is it can be quite reinforcing. So the best thing you can do with unwanted behavior is ignore it. But but safety is first and foremost. So if I have, you know, something happening that feels truly unsafe. It's not annoying and it's not a nip, but I think, "Ooh, I'm going to get really, you know, hurt. We I need to deal with with safety and get out of there and then rethink why did I get myself in that position where I had to do that?" So that's something to keep in mind. Now, but what we're going to do is we're going to start from a place. Protected contact is a great way to start with the babies. And, and, I, and that's a great way to, to use the play, to utilize play as a reinforcer is a protected contact. So I'm going to walk you through what does a typical um, session with a baby horse look like for me? It is, I will make sure that they're taking food and they like the food and we can do the bridge conditioning right off the bat. That's a pretty, so that's the clicker conditioning, the clicker training, and that is lesson one. So I will start with that right off the bat. I keep things moving pretty quick because they have a pretty short attention span. Babies just don't have a long attention span, but the the good news is they're also sponges. They're learning and learning and learning and learning. Everything about the world is for them to be learning. So this is a really good thing because we can, they do take the lessons pretty quick. There were two horses that I would go work with and one was, I guess, six months and one was maybe a year and a half and they're quite playful and they really hadn't had any training yet, either of them. And I would go work with them, and they would, but they would be turned out in this kind of hilly area between, you know, lots of other things. So they'd be running around and playing, and they lived in corrals and running around and playing. And when I would go to get these little guys, it would be—I remember thinking, for the first few weeks, because I'd work them once a week. Oh, I'm going to see the monsters because it would be. And and it's not that they're being bad. They don't know any better. And they would be rearing and spinning and playing and thinking, this is all great. And I'm just trying to keep myself safe as I could get them back to their corrals so I could work them. And it was, you know, it was a bit, you know, stressful to get them back into a place where I could then work them because they were full of play and they were together playing. And it was, it was really challenging, but. I remember it was just three weeks later, only seeing them once a week and me thinking, actually, they're really good right now. They learned how to lead very quickly and how to, they figured out what's going to work for me and how can I get reinforcers. So it was really important, but I also utilize some play. So what does a typical session look like? Typically what I'm going to do is I'm going to step in and I'm going to do the bridge conditioning. I'm going to teach them to turn their head away, turn their head away, feeding them way over where I want their head to be so that they get that idea about keeping their head away now. And so, because, and we have to establish the clicker as a, As the value that it needs to have. And that comes through the repetition of the classic conditioning, which is covered in lesson one. So we need to get that part because we need that clicker to have the value that can tell them that can communicate effectively what you just did is correct. And you're going to earn some sort of reinforcement. So I do that part pretty quick when I'm done. I have a bowl. I I don't even walk them around much. I'm right by the gate. I stay right by the gate with a baby because if it turns where they want to be playful, I need to be able to scoot out of there right away and and make that clear that that that's going to have me to leave. And so I do the clicker conditioning. It's pretty, it's keeping it going pretty quick. There's not as much idle time in there. So that part works out pretty well. So I do that just like I do for a big horse. But again, I stay right by the gate so I can, and I have a bucket right right beside me that I can put some feed in as I leave. And then as I step out, so that part is they don't have a lot of time to think and it usually doesn't go very wrong. But if it does, because they're babies and sometimes play can be or interacting can be more important, I step outside and and that's kind of a lesson I also want them to learn, that they will make me go away. So, with, and I step outside and then that's going well. And as they get the bridge conditioning, then we're going to start doing, I don't even start the Liberty leading so much yet. I typically start like with a bigger horse I'm starting. I go from the bridge conditioning to Liberty leading to the target with the baby. I tend to go to the target first because I want to have a way that I can really steer behavior a bit more since they have the whole world ahead of them to learn. So then I go into doing the target and that, and that was lesson three. And that is not any different than, than that, just teaching them to touch target, teaching them to touch the target. Okay. So that part tends to be keeping them a little bit busy, but what we need to start doing is building up where we have little tiny moments of longer standing still. So I don't do it really big. I look for a... a split second more. So as they learn to turn their head away, and now we have the target, and I keep the target with me just in case I need to direct baby energy to a place. I need to, I want to have that target right beside me, right with me, so I can use it to direct them and help them figure out the right answer. Cause they, in that early, early stage, if they haven't had any training, they don't know the right answer. They're basically kind of wild and feral. So the next thing that I will do is start to look for, and this is now where it gets a little bit trickier. Now we're getting into the part that is the bigger challenge. What I really want to do is build a little bit of duration. So, okay, wait, I'm going to back up for a second. Because one of the things I will start doing even at the early stages. So let's say we just did the bridge conditioning and they're doing great. I will step outside, let them finish the jackpot, the magnitude reinforcement I put in their bowl. And when they're done eating that, I will then, on the outside of their fence, initiate some play. So now I will start to run back and forth and let them have play. Play can be associated with me and it is very valuable to them. So as they've learned to go, I'm not going to play. I'm going to focus. I want them also to learn when I am out of their pen, I will initiate when they, I don't let them initiate it because I don't want them. If they start bouncing and doing that beforehand, I don't just go with them. I want them to learn when they're focused and looking or relaxed or disengaged even, I will start running back and forth. And believe me, they will kick and buck and play and run with you back and forth. So I'm trying to give them something that they value and saying, yes, we will get to do that. But Uh, We're going to do it from the protected contact so that I can have that be part of our training sessions and I can have it be part of the fun and what they value so much, but I can do it in a protected contact and it me initiating it, not them. If I let them initiate it, they can start learning Well, I would rather play than eat. So let me initiate it with you in here. And I don't want that to be the case. So I'll run back and forth a few times, back and forth a few times. And have that be kind of fun. Then I'll step away. The the thing with the babies, I do sessions that are a minute long. Because their attention span is so short, I would rather have it all go well than to go wrong. The more they rehearse an incorrect behavior, the stronger it can become part of their repertoire. So I want to have it just go right. I can reinforce and get out, go right, reinforce and get out so that it can, they can learn how to do it correctly. So these little itty bitty sessions and I step out, then I will go play and I will give them like 10 minutes in between if I want to do another session for repetition. I give them a little break where I actually step away and let them get back to their own whatever they're doing. So so that's where, something to keep in mind as you go. I will also do that after the targeting sessions, and I will definitely do it after the standing still sessions because the standing still sessions are quite challenging. But what is the most important behavior? in the world for any horse in my opinion is being able to stand quiet and relaxed not still and frozen but actually quiet and relaxed and focused with me so I want to build this up because this is how we're going to get more uh this is how we're going to build our repertoire this is how we're going to get more things but because standing still is so non-reinforcing for them I need to be sure that I what they're fighting against and what they're putting off is the wanting to play. So I want to be sure I say, yes, we will get to play when we're done with the work part. So when we first go in with the baby, the first thing I'm going to do is start to build as they learn to keep their head away. Just like with any horse, I'm going to look For little split moments of a little tiny bit more duration, a little bit more stillness, a little bit more settle. So, I mean, physically, I'm watching all different parts of them. Do I feel like that horse next to me is about to explode? Now, if that's the case, you can also go to protected contact and be outside and working on just standing quietly. But believe me, when you get in, you still have to address this extra emotion and extra energy that's going to come. So I start trying to build a little bit, little teeny tiny bits of a little bit of duration, a little bit of duration still by the gate and still very short and slowly building up them just standing quietly Definitely after I give them the jackpot and I get out, I do go play and say, we will get to have fun and play part of the reinforcement for your standing still and then eating your food is getting to go out and, and play. So I think it is the most important behavior we have. From there, I really do like to go on to them. Can I touch you for a moment and you stand still? Can I, can, and then I go into the Liberty leading so that they can, as we start to go into Liberty leading, I need to know that they can be still with me. I have my target if we need to, but a lot of times, and a lot of times I I do find that teaching the leading with the target is actually a good way to go for them. While I don't, prefer to do it that way with the big horses, giving some clarity is really important for the baby horses. So I do like to start the leading with the target and start integrating walk on. I use those verbals. You could use whatever you want and then ho. but I want them to start realizing my feet and the target do the same things. So the target can give them very clear guidance. One of the things that I talk about all the time is clarity tends to bring relaxation because they they know what to do. It's not guesswork. They're not they're not having to not know the answer and make stuff up or they they have clarity. And so whatever we can do to help the baby have clarity is really important. So starting the liberty leading with the target is a great way to go. Now with the babies and, and also I'm going to point out when I'm doing the Liberty leading, I'm putting a ton, a ton, a ton of emphasis on the downward transitions, the settling, the quiet, the downward, the settling, the quiet, the downward, because what we want is I want them to learn that the energy coming down is the most reinforcing thing. This will help them to make better choices. The more that the settling and quieting and coming the downward transition is it's physical, but it also tends to then go to mental. So the more I can say, settle your body, the more they're gonna find that a very reinforcing choice and that that'll be a choice that they'll choose to do. The babies, one of the things that I love to do with them is they start to lead and they start to, that we start to fade the target and they're getting it and they're, they're really ready to settle and stop and settle and stop and settle and stop. A lot of times they'll be walking and then they'll stop. Like it's a game they're playing. Like, are we going to stop now in, in a playful way? But, but I like that they're taking their play to settling and stopping. So the downward transitions and the settling are the things you want to click on. If we always click on the activity and the doing, we're going to have them thinking it's active and it's doing, as active and it's doing. So when we're first starting a bigger horse, an adult horse who has other things going on, I will work on the relaxation and settling right away. Baby, I find that's a lot trickier to do. So the first couple things they do is learning about keeping their head away with a little bit of stillness, as much as I can. And then they go to targeting, which is kind of a busy thing too. So next we work on the downward transitions and the calming. And really... All we're doing, I mean, I call it impulse control, I call it self-regulation, but really what we're teaching them to do, that the choice to settle, the choice to come down, to bring the energy physically down, and hopefully emotionally down, is more reinforcing than following your play drive and going off and doing things. So this lesson is really, really, really important, and it is one that I integrate with all of the baby things that I do, is this walking and settling, walking and settling and walking slow. Now, and then from there, you can go on to, I mean, we have a whole bunch of other things you could do, but, you know, lifting the feet and tactile all over. Those are are lessons that are already out there. You can go through the lessons with that and keeping in mind kind of the things about the baby. Now, one of the things I said is I establish boundaries with babies. And this is what I do. And I'll tell you, Technically, what I utilize is called negative punishment. So what I do is if a baby gets too big and too worked up, I say, I must leave now. So I step out and I disengage and say, this is what I want them to learn that if they're going to do that, I'm going to leave. If you're going to do that, I'm going to leave. If you're going to do that, I'm going to leave. And it's called negative punishment because what we're doing is trying to see a behavior diminish. Punishment only re it, re- it refers to the diminishing of a behavior, a ba- behavior becoming less frequent until it actually stops. So, I do want that initiating play with me in there to stop because it is dangerous. So I step out and what is happening, it's called negative punishment is because I'm taking the positive things and leaving. So I don't leave for long. I step back, I step out for a moment and let them settle. And then I come right back in, in, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds, 15, a minute, you know, it's enough that I feel like they kind of settle down. And in very short order, they start getting the idea. If I do that, she leaves and I like her to be here. So I'm going to learn not to do this. So it is an important part of I think helping the babies to kind of establish some boundaries is I'm just going to, and I don't, I don't get mad and I don't take it personally. I know they're just playing and I don't yell at them. I don't say no. I just say, I'm going to step out now. I mean, I don't really say that. I just do. And at that point, I'm still right by the gate. So if things get a little too much, I can leave until I feel like they can get, get the idea that they want me to stay in there of the sessions continue and that they can't that that the initiating play with me in there is not going to work it's going to get the opposite of what they want instead of me playing i'm going to leave when i will play once i'm outside after a good session. So I hope that is really clear, but it's something I need to do a lot with babies because of the danger involved. I can't be in there and they do that. So I want to make it very clear that if this happens, I leave. If this happens, I leave. If this happens, I leave. So they kind of get cause and effect, but I don't have it be so long that it feels like it's punitive and that they've lost it forever. I just say, I step out for a minute and disengage and then I'm going to come back in. And I have found it has been very, very, very effective and very helpful. So it is, it is something that helps that little horse to learn that it, how to kind of keep it together and try to focus for those little itty bitty bits. But I think the important part is to keep those sessions so short that we don't have to do that very often. Keep them short and sweet so that little horse has success and can get reinforced. You can give them the big pile and you can get out and then you can play after they're done eating, but from the outside. So if you continue, if you're continuing to get the incorrect response, I would keep my sessions shorter and be sure that I'm trying to help prevent them from having too much time to even go to this place where their play drive is taking over their ability to concentrate with us. So it's them having to learn how to concentrate a little bit. So now one of the things to consider, I typically don't really start the proper training like this until the the, the little guy or gal is weaned because I want it where... It, I want it to be kind of where they're ready to be moving on a little bit. So I find I want to wait till they're, they're weaned or they're, they have more independence from their mom, even for small bits of time. So that's something to keep in mind about. When do I get started? There have been foals that I've started as young as four months because of a need, you know, that that we needed. So they can learn very, very quickly and uh, independently. But I, I will wait until I feel like they do have some some confidence and independence from their mom. And ideally you're not gonna go, I want you to be working this baby by itself. So I'm not gonna go in with mom and and expect mom to just ignore everything we're doing. She's going to be intensely interested in what we're doing. And she can even get to the point where she's a little resource guarding with her baby and saying, well, you get out of my way. This is my time and my thing. So it is something I definitely suggest you do, working them independently by themselves. Now, you can set up like a little little pen outside that you can for mom to go in that because mom's going to understand maybe about webbing and electric beak. so you can get those little step in electric fence poles and put them just outside the paddock and put her out there if that's your environment and then work the baby by, her, by itself, but you have the mom right there but hopefully You can get the baby, you know, maybe you've learned how to lead the baby with mom into a stall or something, but whatever it is, ideally you want the baby to be ready to have some independence and be working them one-on-one without distractions of social interactions or mom running everybody over. (laughs) Now, another thing I think to point out here too, I will, babies are sponges, as I said earlier. They are soaking up and taking social learning called vicarious learning, they are learning all the time from what the, those around them do. They learn so much from their mom before we even know if mom is a, is a ear pinning grumpy don't like humans. I guarantee you, the baby's going to learn. Here comes the humans. This is what we do. So we keep in mind, just keep that in mind that they are learning the whole time. So ideally, let's say you haven't, ideally, the mom will be clicker trained and you can start doing things like picking up the mom's foot and letting the baby watch these things and seeing that this is how they interact with humans. If not, what you can do is start clicker training her and teaching her these things with the baby there because the baby will be picking up parts of these pieces. So there's a lot of vicarious learning that can happen with, with the baby following what mom does. They mimic a lot of that because that's where they're, they're figuring out how to get by in life. Now, another thing too, that really babies like wither scratching is ridiculously reinforcing. They are just born itchy. So you can do a lot with wither scratching. And I find that a lot of times as they grow older, it becomes less important. But for pretty young babies, it really is an important and valuable reinforcer early on. So you can kind of do a little bit with mom and baby a little bit before you get to the point where you're kind of officially starting a training program with her, which is what we're talking about today. So There we go. That's what we have got for the babies. So I have a horse here who is uh, past the bridge conditioning and past the target training. And what I'm starting to do is a little bit of the liberty leading. So I am going to talk through that with you guys and see what we get. Alrighty. So go ahead. I don't know how many of you have babies out there, or if you're going to go work your baby, or if your baby's bridge conditioned and target trained, but you can, you can come back to this part, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to work through it in a few minutes. Okay. So you can get out to the barn. If you have a baby, you're ready to work with, and we can work with the, the, there are little youngins, and, and get these, this, this rolling. So go get out there, get your stuff, get your target, get your side bucket to figure out what food they like. Hopefully you're know that by now and I'll meet you in a few minutes. All righty, so here we go. I have my baby in a kind of a small paddock and his name is Sassy. Her name is Sassy and I have Sassy in a little paddock, but there's other horses around. She's pretty confident by herself. She's nine months old now, so she has had some other handling before she came here but it is pretty rudimentary and we are just starting clean we want to start with the positive reinforcement and teach her to make choices and to be a good problem solver so she's pretty calm looking in here she has other horses around her touching pens so she can kind of interact with them if she wants to and you can see she's going she doesn't know all of them so she is going around and just kind of sniffing so what I'm going to do is I have her food. I have a food that is designed for babies. I have the, I use the pro breed because we can't get the, the other cat, the junior Cavalor here, but it is a good one for babies. So I have an age appropriate food. I think that's important to keep in mind, too. Of course, you're probably already doing that, but it is important. The nutrients that a baby needs can be different than adults. So I have an age-appropriate food, and I know she likes it. I've done the bridge conditioning. I've done the target training, which goes a long way for helping my, um, my relationship with her. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in, and I want to start leading with her. So I'm going to, I have the target with me and we're going to give her a little structure. So really not Liberty leading, but more, um, directed leading, I guess, targeted leading. And that's what we're going to do. Now, keep in mind, this session is going to be ridiculously short because I, I don't want her to fail. I know that. Her little tension span she can only hold still for so long before she wants to to blow so you know or we're gonna keep that in mind and respect that and that's not a bad thing we'll get there we have we'll get there so okay here we go we're going in right off the bat i'm gonna click and feed her so she kind of knows we're doing this game i'm going to do it a few times and now i'm just kind of waiting for her to turn her head away with an instant more reinforcement and she's doing great with that I mean an instant more duration and she's doing great with that okay so now I'm going to hold out the target hey Sassy can you target good so I clicked her for that and reinforced her and I'm reinforcing her a fair share babies can get satiated pretty quick and they do have smaller mouth than the bigger horses so I have my proportions are down a little bit but I want it to be rather free-flowing and easy. Okay. So now she did good with that. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step forward and I'm not going to say walk yet. I'm going to click and reinforce her. I'm not, I'm keeping her busy while I'm talking to you. I am going to take a step forward and with the target i'm not going to worry about the verbals yet i'm not going to add those in until we have a little bit of consistency because i could just desensitize them okay so we're doing great and i'm going to take a step forward and then the target stops good and i'm reinforcing her for that so i didn't click the moving forward now there might be a horse that i have to do that with but i i clicked the stopping so we're going to do this again Okay, so can you go up? And oh, that's a good girl. And I'm reinforcing her again. And we're going to do one, one more. We're Yes, we're going to do one more. Okay, and I'm going to click and reinforce. That's great. I'm giving her a pile and I'm leaving. So I'm giving her a few handfuls, kind of big handfuls in a, a bucket here. And I'm going to step out. I am right by the gate. So if something went a little crazy... So I'm going to step out for a moment and we're going to talk for just a minute and we'll do another little brief session like that. So, so I'm back out now and she is eating. Now, one of the things I remember we talked about, I actually clicked her following and slowing with the target because I'm trying to put the emphasis on stopping and the downward transition. Now, one of the things, because her energy is so baby and short, I didn't talk about this at the, in there with her, the, the older horses, I can talk a little more, but I wanted to get the session done and get me out. But there was a point when we started walking, she started to swing her rear end out a little bit. So what I did is I pushed the target a little bit towards the outside. So it's, it's kind of right in front of her nose, but I pushed it a little bit to the outside, which ends up straightening her position. I hope that makes sense. But as I move her little head out, her little shoulders move out, which straightened her stop. So instead of her swinging her butt around, I could adjust her head and shoulders by moving the target a little bit to the outside. So her head went a little bit to the outside and it straightened her out a bit. So I did that to help her out. So that's something you may be doing And realize that the target can do a lot of steering for you. And it can do a lot of corrections by moving it up or down or back or forth. Moving that shoulder, head, and neck actually keeps track of the back end of it. So that was really good. Again, it was very short and sweet. But it was my goal is not to have a lot of errant, flappy time. Okay, now another piece to the babies is they can get um, their, their adrenaline, their momentum can rev up rather quickly. So I am not going to do this often. I'm going to do two more of the stopping like I did, but she felt pretty focused to me. So what I'm going to do is see if I can take two steps on the third one but two steps sometimes is too much because that little momentum can actually build a little bit so if I feel like the first two aren't very good or or, or feel like they're a little too energetic then I'm not going to go into this place and even though I may do it once it doesn't mean I'm ready to do it all the time I'm going to spend a good deal of time working on the Walking a step, right-hand turn, left-hand turn. Not even a turn. Right-hand step, left-hand step. So that she gets the idea about uh, following my feet a little bit. I'm going to put a stronger emphasis on the right-hand turn than the left-hand turn. Because that kind of is teaching her to yield a little bit as opposed to barreling into me, which can be really fun for a baby. Okay, So I didn't run with her this time because that's just going to be annoying from the outside. Okay, I I, I am going to run with her a little bit. So I'm I'm going to put my mic on quiet because you don't need to hear me huffing and puffing. So she's good right now. She's back looking at me. She's finished her food. And I do want to be able to have some play in there. So I'm going to turn my mic off and I'm going to run up and down her fence a little bit. And, and let her get kind of some of her yah yas out. Okay, hang on a sec. Okay, I'm back now. And so I gave her a chance to let her a little bit of energy out. She got to play a little bit. Now I'm going to give it a beat or two because now that we ran a couple times up and back, I now want her to kind of settle back down a little bit because now she can have play on the mind and thinking that was really fun. I want to keep doing that, but I want to make sure that she can settle back down a little bit and looks like she's focused and back on me. And she does, she looks pretty good. So I'm going to go in and just like I said, I'm going to do what I'm going to check and see where she is and see if we can do two steps. So uh, here we go. I'm going in the gate and I'm going right to the target this time. And she is doing great with that. And I'm going to move the target just a little bit forward. That's good. Okay. And that's good. So I'm reinforcing her. And now I'm going to do, I'm going to head, take a step and then ho. And then I'm going to, perfect. She's and reinforce. And she did really well. And let's do that again. Give her a moment to chew. Okay, here we go. We're going to go again and again. Oh, good. I put, she started to go with her little hiney owl a little bit. So I used her getting straightened it out. I'm going to feed her a couple handfuls. And I'm also going to scratch her withers a little bit and her butt a little bit because she likes those. So while she's eating, I'm going to keep doing those things. You can see her, her little lips all, all out. So she even stopped eating for a minute to enjoy the rubbing, which is great. That's fine. Okay, I'm going to stop and let her finish her food. And now I am going to try for the two steps, but I'm not going to make them giant steps. I'm going to make them two stubby little steps. So it's a little bit momentum, but not too much. So... Okay, Sassy, you ready? Okay, step, step, and no, good. And so I clicked, still clicked on the downward transition on the settling, cause that's the most important part. And that was great. So I'm gonna give her a few handfuls and I'm going to step out of here. So that's good, good girl. And I scratching her again a little bit cause I do like that and she likes that. And in this process, we're also working on a little bit of tactile. So it's really important that I can touch her all over. So that's kind of a nice it's a helps out there. So that was great. So I am going to step out. I am before I get back to the uh back to the classroom for our homework, I am going to turn off everything and get ready. But I am going to run and play with her back and forth a little bit. And another thing that can be great for uh the young ones is getting them hay balls or uh, treat balls and things that they can do that's kind of problem solving that they can push around and try to get treats out of it gives them something to do to keep them a little active and, and interact with so that's always a good thing for your babies okay that's great we'll talk to you get your horse get yourself in a good place put your stuff away and I'll meet you back in the classroom and we will talk about our homework Okay, of course, with a baby, we have tons and tons and tons of homework. And so it's really important that we remember to follow up on that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about where do we go from here, some things to keep in mind as we continue to work with our baby and help them come a, a, come along. So one of the things I talked about is I'm using a feed that is appropriate for babies. So in our area, I can't get their feed that is specifically for babies, but we get something called Probreed. And it's great because the mom can have it, but the, also the baby can have it. And the baby, the young horse is getting the nutrients they need. It's a great, a minimally processed feed. And it is, I love Cavalor. It's made a big difference in some of our horses' health. So let's learn more about the Cavalor feeds. Cavalure is a horse feed supplement and care product company that was founded in Belgium 30 years ago, and they have been producing feed for the U.S. market since 2012. Its nutrition is based in the way horses are meant to eat. Cavalure's philosophy is based around mimicking the horse's natural diet and how they would eat in the wild, while recognizing that the demands we put on them today are different than wild horses of long ago. One of the things I love about Cavalor is that their products are natural, backed by research and science, and are proven to be effective. That's why Cavalor was a feed of choice for over 100 riders in the most recent World Equestrian Games, for riders in every discipline and from countries around the world. Not only do they make feed, but they also have a complete line of supplements and care products. If you've struggled with any kind of nutritional issue with your horse, you know that all products don't really work as advertised. So that's why Cavalors is unique. Their products don't make it to the market until they have been proven effective in making noticeable differences in the issue a horse is facing. A lot of times we have behavioral issues with horses, but a lot of these issues actually have a nutritional root. With the positive reinforcement or clicker training, we strive to help the horses to be truly happy. To me, part of that, that philosophy well, really a big part of that philosophy includes making sure I'm doing everything I can to ensure their emotional as well as physical well-being. There's no denying that a good diet is a huge factor in that equation. The best part of Cavalier's team is it is that they're so easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real live person will call you back to personally talk you through your horse's nutrition. Learn more about the products at www. Cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. All righty. So the homework is an important phase. I mean, it's with a baby, it's the whole world is ahead of you. Something I'm going to recommend you do is I would keep a journal, keep notes about your progress with your baby because or your foal, your young horse, it may not even be a baby. But I think what is really important, we have so much ahead that we continue to look forward versus reminding ourselves how far we've come. So I think if we can slow down and look back and think, remember when we couldn't do that two weeks ago or whatever it is. So I think it's really important to appreciate and celebrate the milestones you've made. But it is Everything is ahead of them. And that's what surprises a lot of people about the babies. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, we do still want them to be babies. So we don't want them in the stall all day long doing things. And we don't want to overdo the training. I think it's really like with a baby that is about her age, Sassy's age, I'm bringing her in maybe twice a week that I start to work with her and get her to do these things. But it's not like 16 sessions a day. I might do those, two of those little sessions spread apart, one maybe morning, one night, or just the two little sessions like we did together just now. So I want to keep it really brief. I want to keep it, I don't want to overdo it. You can burn your little horse out and 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 it doesn't need that. It needs to be a baby primarily, but we want to start kind of teaching it some of the things, preparing it for for what comes next. So remember, don't overdo it with your baby. Practicing these skills and practicing the downward transitions is the most important part. So as you can do two steps and you can do it consistently, mix it up. It shouldn't always be two because they'll learn that pattern. But sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, that goes good until it's two big steps. And when that can go, we can kind of get a little momentum and then we're stopping. You can reinforce that again. And keep in mind also, Baby's movement is quite reinforcing, so a lot of times, just the fact that they get to move can be quite reinforcing. I w- want you to, as you start to, then can move more, and you can stop, and you can do ten steps, and you can walk a little faster, and and the, the and you still have the stop, still have the stop. I work on that really strongly, so my steps get bigger and a little quicker before I ever do the trot, because a trot can light them up. So you want to be sure that you can, you can bring them right back down. So if I do when that first trot step, when you feel like I'm ready for it, I click the first little bounce into the trot. I don't even let it turn into a trot because it can take that momentum can go bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think that getting the, uh, don't even let it go there. Just take it back down right away and don't underestimate how that momentum can turn into a wild thing. So I think that it is great and it is such an exciting thing to work with the babies. So as you get them leading and you're using the target, I would start then turning it into Liberty leading. So now that, and they have been watching your feet all along, but, Start fading the target. So sometimes I might start them with the target and then drop it by my side and then take a step and start adding the vocals in there too. So I can say, walk on, ho, and start giving them a little bit of extra direction with the target. And then as we fade the target out, I still have these familiar pieces as well as my feet moving so we can kind of fade the target out. I always say the target should be there to help give them a clue, to help set them up for success. It shouldn't be a crutch that they, they need. So that is what we're going to do. There's so many areas we could go, but I'm going to kind of focus on first the leading. But with this, the biggest thing we're starting to do is starting to get the impulse control, the choice to settle, the choice to focus. Now, as you've got them leading with you and they're, they'll they lead and they're doing good, I start pretty quick saying, okay, now let's just stand for a minute and I'm just going to stop and stand for not even a minute, stand for a few seconds. And that's good. Reinforce and reinforce and start building that up. Keeping in mind, the moving is a reinforcer. So start mixing up saying, okay, a little bit of standing still. And as they start to get more duration, don't get greedy trainer syndrome. I want you to really appreciate that that's really challenging for a little horse. And so say okay that was great mix it up with the walking and the stopping and the going and the and start moving around and getting further from the gate but you have to feel like you can trust that little horse before you get away from the gate before you start fading the target and I would keep the target with you just in case you need it you can just put it I just slip it in the back of my belt and so I have it on me but so There's a whole lot of pieces there, but it's a really exciting time. And this little part, when you can start building up the standing quietly and the impulse control and the reinforcement history gets stronger with standing still and settling down, you then have a horse you can teach. You know, one of the things I always say, attitude is the most important part. Teaching stuff is easy. It's getting that focus and that relaxed focus and attitude, right? That's a tricky part. Well, that's what we're really trying to work on here is trying to teach them a little, I'll call it a work ethic, but really this should all be play and fun for them for, it should be fun for them to learn to stand still and quiet. So there you go. So that's what we got there. So that's the homework and, and it's, it's a big wide open thing, but the base, it is really the basics that we need to get sorted out before we move on. Now, you can listen on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app, which is on iOS or Android. So you can get it for either your iPhone or your Android phones. Um, just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. There is gobs of them and there are all sorts of fun things are always happening at Horse Radio Network. So it's something to, uh, something to behold. And then if you need to learn more about me or what I'm doing or interested in my schedule, you can go to on-target-training.com, which is my website, but you can also go to TerraNovaTrainingCenter.com. So Terra Nova Center.com. So, Terranova Training Center is where I work and live. And this is what our, uh, it's a, it's a learning center where we're teaching people and try to get people understanding more about positive reinforcement. If you go to that website, you will see that, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can see a schedule, what we have going on and our workshops and, and where we are going and what we're up to. So, there you go. That's it. So until next time, enjoy getting your full on target.